Today on the Demand Excellence Podcast, it was my honor to be able to interview Coach Ron Brown. Coach Brown is one of the most godly coaches that I have met at the college level uh, since I've been um, interacting with college coaches through the recruiting process. He is now, he currently serves as the Director of Player Development at Nebraska. He coached at Nebraska forever back in those glory days when they won three national championships. He was there coaching uh, wide receivers and tight ends. Um, He's a highly intelligent man. Uh, You'll see this during the podcast or hear this during the podcast, but he graduated from Brown University, Ivy League Brown, and then he got his master's degree from Columbia. Also, I want to encourage you to check out his website, which is kingdomsports.online. Kingdomsports, that's one word, kingdomsports.online. And he just has amazing resources for encouragement, for uh, uh, just kind of drawing us towards Christ, pointing us to Christ. Uh, and I think the thing that's so rewarding for me about Coach Ron Brown is, you know, I love to read about King David, the warrior, King David, passionate, yet love the Lord, a man after God's own heart. That's what, you, that's what you'll feel and hear as you listen to Coach Ron Brown. This man is passionate. He's powerful. He's strong, yet such wisdom. So from my end, uh, Coach Brown, so thankful that you were willing to do this. I learned so much uh, from you. And uh, even when I'm not talking to you, uh, your, your website and just, um, just your reputation um, as a godly man, somebody I want to uh, emulate and live my life like. Hope everybody enjoys the podcast today with Coach Ron Brown. All right, everybody, I'm here with Coach Ron Brown. He is the uh, Director of Player Development at Nebraska University. But Coach Brown, your history at Nebraska is way more than that. Can you tell, tell the listener out there, um, you know, your glory days in coaching Nebraska back in the days when we think about them winning all those national championships? Can you kind of give the listener your background as a football coach? You're you're just kind of revealing my age. That's what you're doing, Coach Kiss. <laughs> but this is my this is my fifth decade at the University of uh, Nebraska, starting here with 2020. And um, so, yeah, I've been I've, I I was blessed. Um, the Lord gave me a great opportunity here back in uh, 1987. I was just a, a very young coach at the time. Coach Osborne, uh, who was the head coach at the time, hired me um, to coach his wide receivers and tight ends. Um, and, uh, throughout the years, you know, I coached, uh, 24 years as an assistant. Um, and then, uh, I've been the last two years, uh, as the uh, director of player development for the football team for Scott Frost, who was also one of my players. So, um, yeah, it's just been great to be here. It's been a, it's, it's a land of milk and honey here, coach. I, I really believe that God sent me here as a missionary disguised as a football coach, to share the gospel of Jesus Christ uh, throughout the state. We had some great uh, seasons uh, over the years, won a lot of titles. Uh, You mentioned that, you know, we had three national championships. We had a great run. But uh, more importantly, um, to know Christ and to make him known using the platform of football has been uh, been just a wonderful treat from the Lord. So, I mean, my wife and I, 
we're excited to be here for all these years. Yeah, absolutely. And I think everybody that knows you, they, they know the Christ-centered man that you are. You definitely shine as a light for Jesus Christ. Coach, so the reason why I uh, wanted to talk with you today is, you know, I saw a video of you online. I think you were at the Capitol or somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And you're giving a speech with everything that's going on in our world right now. Um, just it just seems like our world is about to fall apart. Everybody's angry. You didn't get up there and and deliver a worldly message. You got up in front of everybody and you preached the gospel. Talk about you know a little bit about what's going on in our world right now. How you see that, and which is which is unique. You know, I'm a white football coach. You're a black football coach, but we're brothers in Jesus Christ, which. is is way more important uh, than our skin color. And that's what unites us as one, as brothers. But talk about from your perspective, um, you know, what you think is going on right now and why you chose to deliver a Christ-centered message in that moment. Um, Well, Coach, the the reason why um, is because uh, the Bible is the only source I know that reveals and exposes the problems that we have now all over this world. And it also has the only solution. So why would I go anywhere else? I mean, you know, I can, I can start shooting off all my opinional types of things, opinionated types of things, but uh, who cares about my opinion? You know, we hear all kinds of opinions. I want to know what God thinks. I want to know what God says. And and so, you know, I've had to uh, – I've, I've recognized this, Coach, uh, over the years. You know, I uh, I grew up in, in the 1960s. I was a young, real young guy, middle school kid. And I saw – I've seen the landscape over the years with – from the racism, police brutality, um, um, riots, uh, disorder of every sort. And, you know, I, I used to think that – uh, life was kind of like a mountaintop where you cl- kind of climb and the human race gets better and better as time goes on. And then one day we'll look over the mountaintop and we'll, we have arrived. And I've, I've realized over the years that that's not so. And as I've studied the scriptures, in fact, in Second Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, it says uh, evil will, prev- will, will, will prevail. It will wax worse and worse, men being deceived and deceiving. This this world's not going to get any better, Coach. And and I, I would now liken. I, I think the world is more like a merry-go-round of sin. And so, what comes around goes around. In our wow. nation, we have said we want less of Jesus and more of us. Well, the Lord is. He doesn't force Himself on us. And so we have. Because of that, we have. He has granted us more of ourselves. He's turned us over to ourselves, and look what we've got, a mess. So, um, yeah, whether, whether the, you know, the climate seemingly has changed, but it really hasn't. It's just sin tossed around in different ways. And so the solution has always been Jesus Christ. And so that was my message at the state capitol, and I've really tried to keep it very gospel-centric. You know, um, 
you know, I'm sure you're going through it at Nebraska. I think every, all every coaching staff and everything, you know, um, but, but, you know, our football team, you know, we've always preached unity and we've always talked about, um, we have talked about race. Our, our school is probably 50% African-American, 50%, you know, why I mm -hmm. say that, but we have all different nationalities. We actually have um, a whole group from China that comes in um, and they're exchange mm -hmm. students and, and they're, and there's probably 20 to 30 of them and, and they uh, could spend four years with us, but all different types of nationalities and all of that kind of stuff. And so our football team, we've always talked about unity. In fact, last year, our team word was unity. Uh, just being hmm. one, um, you know, and on a football team, you know, you, you do have black and white and, and sometimes that could divide if, if, mm -hmm. if sin gets into the equation. Uh, but you also have the best player a lot of time looking down on the worst players or, you know, you got bickering uh, offense and defense. You have all these different dynamics uh, to really focus on to to create unity. Um, but, you know, what? Um, but with our football team, they've seemed to handle this well, and, and they just want to play together, and they want to play football. Um, but I told them, I've been talking with them about this issue, and I told them, you know, Satan is always there to divide. You know, and right now mm -hmm. he's trying to divide our nation right down racial lines, and he's coming after that. He's mm -hmm. using that. Uh, but I told him, I said, guys, I'm going to go home and um, – my, Satan's trying to attack my home. He's trying to divide me and my wife. And um, mm. he never mm. stops trying to divide no matter right. what the situation is. That's right. Uh, Coach, that's, that's a great point. And it, there's no question. And, and in fact, you, you talked a little bit about the race issue and, um, and uh, you know, the, the, the book of James talks about it in chapter two. He calls it the sin of partiality. And uh, and it, it, it's very obviously relative to, um, you know, in the college level, scholarship versus walk on. Um, uh, yeah. It's not just black and white, it's economics. It's um, it, it could be in relationships, like even with your spouse, where you begin to um, strut around thinking that you've got something that somebody else doesn't. You make those comparisons and, and the the Lord really through through James abhors that sin. In fact, he likens it, as you read through that chapter, he likens it to adultery and murder. Uh, it's, it's, we have excused that sin far too long. And you're right. One of the things I know about you, because I've been to your school and I've watched you connect with your players, that your place is a love laboratory. And that's exactly what a team ought to be, particularly one headed by a Christian coach. And right. we have the responsibility to understand that, that that is the greatest motivator. That is, even in the midst of division, it is that supernatural love of Jesus Christ, that, um, the, 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 that unconditional love where Jesus says, you know what, uh, when you want to divide against me, um, you hit me on this cheek, I'm going to turn and give you this one. I'm not going to let you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to continue to love you. That's where I think we have the great opportunity to connect with our players, the royal law, to love God with all of your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And he says the second part of that commandment, which sums up all the commandments, is to love your neighbor as yourself. And, you know, Coach, I honestly believe 
that we don't have much of a problem loving ourselves. If I simply uh, am able to love you like I love myself, you and I are going to be divided. And, and guess what? We Christians have the capacity to love like that because the power is from on high. It is given to every Christian if we choose to exercise that as we allow the Holy Spirit to uh, conform us into Christ's image. Absolutely. And, and Coach, I was talking with the team today. You, you mentioned that. And I was talking with the team today, and I brought in Philippians 2. And so our theme this year is going to be one, and that's from Galatians 3.28. There's neither Jew nor Greek, slave nor free, male or female, but we're all one in Christ Jesus. Obviously, he's talking to the church. And, of course, Paul is in crazy circumstances there as he's writing to um, uh, the Galatians. But, you know, um, in Philippians today, in chapter 2, it talked about do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourself. So I told the players, I'm like, do you guys want me to hold you to that standard? Here's the standard. The biblical standard isn't to just think that guy's even with you or y'all are the same. It actually says to uh, mm. outdo him in showing honor, but count him as more significant than yourself. And then it goes into, you know, Jesus coming to die in the form of a servant. He's king. He, he takes on the form of the servant to die for us. And so I'm Amen. like, the standard is way bigger than me just loving you. It's, it's, and it is just say, love your neighbor. But here in the Bible, it says to count myself as insignificant. I mean, right. and like, of course, they, you know, um, they don't want me to hold them to that standard because none of us can <laughs> meet that standard. Right. But, um, but that's the power of the gospel and how he tells us to treat our brothers and our sisters. Yeah, you know, that's a great point, Coach. Love that portion of Scripture. Love that you mentioned it because um, that will continue to preach. I, you know, I, I, and I've, I've gotten to the point where I've gotten real specific because I, I, I want to be real with these guys too, um, a lot of our players, because we've got the same situation here at Nebraska. We've got players from all over the country, black players, white players. Um, but, you know, um, uh, Coach, honestly, like when I was growing up in the 60s, uh, basically, the world looked at um, the black man as, as particularly our country, as the evil one. And, you know, it seemed like where, where I grew up, white was always right. And, and that simply wasn't true in both cases. It wasn't right. always the other way either. So, but, but so, you know, my, my, in fact, um, I've heard another, a number of moms over the years say, geez, my son is white. He can't say anything anymore. Anytime a white kid raises his voice about something or says something, he gets nailed for it. And I said, um, uh, welcome to the club, baby girl, because you know <laughs> what? Um, what comes around goes around. And I don't mean that in an evil way. I mean that sin passes around. And, it, and sometimes it looks lopsided in one direction. And then 20 years later, it's lopsided in another direction. So I actually talked to my I, – I, I talked to some of our white players and just said, listen – it, it, some of our Christian guys, I said, you're going to have to understand that maybe the Lord has called you to suffer through a lot of unfair treatment. The media is going to make you feel like you were born on the wrong side of the tracks, the way they used to, to make me feel back, back uh, 30, 40 years ago. And you're going to have to get your nose into the scriptures and understand what God says about you and not take revenge, not take, uh, you know, life under your 
in your own uh, fist, in your own anger. I said, you're going to have to learn, as it says in Colossians chapter 1, and I read this uh, this morning again, Coach. It says, chapter, Colossians 1 verse 24 says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for you, and fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is the church. And, and, and what he's saying is that even though Jesus has died and resurrected and is now sitting at the right hand of the Father, what the Apostle Paul was saying there is that we Christians are going to suffer uh, in the place of Christ. In other words, when the world wants to get at Christ, because Christ is not here, he's going to get at the body, the us. And so uh, white and blacks, we're all going to experience some sufferings, even by the way God made us the way he made us with the pigmentation that we have and the culture that we have and where we live, the world is going to try to misuse us. Satan is going to lie, steal, and rob. He's going to want to cause us to divide. And our our mantra has got to be in the word of God. We've got to go there for our thinking in, in, in every realm. And the church has got to demonstrate what this unity that you're talking about uh, is all about in the body of Christ. Yeah, uh, Coach, you talk about that. And obviously, yeah, you know, as, as a, I mean, it's just true. As a white person right now, you don't want to say the wrong thing. And you really just want to keep your mouth shut. And because, um, I mean, it's just, it's just what, it, it's just our time right now. Uh, but I also think about, you know, there's two things that the Lord has convicted me of. Number one, uh, preach Jesus Christ. Like, no matter what. The, to the to the pe- to the people that are around me, you know, to preach Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we get offended because we're trying to grow our own platform, and people might not want to hear it, or they might not want to um, listen to what we have to say. So we get offended. But I'm not here to grow my own platform. I'm here to preach Jesus Christ, and that yeah. is my objective. You know, and then, you know, uh, th- I. I can't, I don't know where they are in the Bible, but you know, uh, I think Romans 12, nine, it tells my, my love to be genuine. That's, that's my love to be real for everyone around me. And in real love, it's not loving somebody if they love you back. It's truly loving people in Christ and wanting to share the gospel with them and wanting them to be saved by the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then, you know, Paul he was talking to a bunch of people in the letters that were suffering and really had to be very careful what they said uh, because they could easily uh, be taken to jail or, or beaten or all these type of different things. And, and he kept saying, uh, let your speech, he, he uses things like let your speech be gracious, be gentle yeah. with your words. And I think one mm-hmm. thing that we do as Christians is, is and it's, a, it's sin, we want to condemn acts, like that act in the world. We want to condemn it. And then the worst thing is, is, is we want to do it on Twitter or on Facebook. But right now, yeah. we need to have gracious words. Our words need to be gentle. We need to be careful with our words. And really, all our words need to do right now is point to Christ. Yeah, I, that, that's really good stuff, Coach. And uh you know, we're relying on false definitions of success, of failure, um, as well in, in the world's eyes. And and that's not where we can't – and the other thing, Coach, we can't get our theology from 
CNN or Fox News. I mean, you know, those <laughs> there's there's definite divide there, and it's not gospel centric at all. So right. our 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 centrality of of worldview has got to come from the Word of God. You mentioned uh, Romans 12. I shared a good portion of Romans 12 at the state capitol uh, the other day. I read a good portion of it, but the one verse that really uh, hits me is uh, verse two. It says, talking to believers, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If we really want to know God's perfect will about who we are, about where the world should go, about every little detail, it, it, it is found by the renewing of your mind, which is from a, a, a transformation of Jesus Christ in your life. You first have to trust him for eternal life and, and repent of your sin, walk away from your sin as, as you uh, allow the Holy Spirit now to make you more into the image of Jesus Christ. And I think that's uh, that that is that's where it's always got to start, Coach. And um, and and if it doesn't if it doesn't go there, if if every man is kind of trying to figure it all out by himself, um, uh, clearly we're going to miss the mark. Absolutely. Well, Coach, what kind of advice? Think about a high school football coach. Just kind of put yourself mm-hmm. in a high school football coach's uh, situation in this climate. And you could speak to all different type of coaches here because I know all different type of coaches listen to this podcast. But it could be, you know, um, a black coach at an all-black school or it could be a coach at a, uh, you know, a school like mine where you're 50% white, 50% black. Or you could be at an all-white school. Um, how would you mm-hmm. navigate this? Like, how would you speak to coaches to navigate through this that really do want to lead for Jesus Christ? Well, this is not going to be real popular to say, Coach Guess, but, um, you know, we, we talk about death, resurrection, death, resurrection. Paul said, I die daily. First thing I got to do is die to myself, pick up my cross, deny myself, um, and, um, and follow Christ. Um, so that, that act of humility, you talked about that, that is where it has to start, the ground level at the cross. Uh, if there's a believer out there, I don't care what – um, demographic you're in right now. Uh, here's another thing. And again, it's not very popular, but Jesus once said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Coach, yes, we have more Bibles and more Bible apps than a, a lamb can shake its tail at. But I would tell you this, we we have a real shortage of reading the word of God. The average American adult, I believe, reads somewhere around one point four million words per year. And you say, wow, that's a lot. But when you think about the, the books that we read and, and things on uh, that we're reading on our phones constantly, it adds up quite a bit. 1.4 per million per year. But the Bible has somewhere around 780,000 words. And Jesus said, man shall live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Too many times I believe and I, and I point the thumb at myself, too. There have been too many times in my life, as my 41 years of, of following Christ, where I've thought, you know, I could just come up with my favorite 
Bible verse, and um, and I could just kind of pull, keep pulling that out, and, and I can just do a little bit here and a little bit there. And I realized that God wants us to read the Bible in context. He wants us not only to read it, but to learn it, to study it, to understand what it says, and allow the Holy Spirit to take uh, the Word of God into the context and, and, and uh, know it and preach it and teach it and live it. And if we're not doing that, we're going to be very immature in our faith. In fact, the Bible uses the word in the book of James, a double-minded, a double-minded man, a Christian who's kind of in and kind of out. He's trusted Christ, but he's not growing. It's like a football player for you, coach, who's on the team, but he's not maximizing his potential. And so he's hardly playing. He's hardly doing anything. And he has all this talent, and he's almost useless. And that's what James says. If we don't have if if, our, if we're not able to live out the very faith that we have by understanding the Word of God and living it out, it's as, it's, it's as if our faith is useless, even though we have a faith. So I say all that, Coach, because I believe it starts with the Word of God, and then Jesus made time. Every day, it seems like Jesus was up early, and he's spending time in prayer with his Heavenly Father. So one of the things as a coach that we have to be very careful of is we can we can let that time slip away. It's a golden gift from God. We cannot allow our time to slip away. We have to steward our time. And so greatness is made in empty stadiums, and that's true for a coach too. I think getting up early in the morning, finding a place where he's going to dive in, read the Word of God in context, and grow in his relationship with the Lord, but also the wisdom that's going to come from that and how it outplays for his players, that he's going to direct his players and his teams in a, in a fashion that reveals Christ. That's awesome coach. And I appreciate that. All right. So my last thing, and it's not going to be, it's going to be a fun story because this was, this is like the, one of the stories I remember most uh, talking with you, but tell, talk about how you missed out uh, recruit in recruiting uh, Barry Sanders. Cause you, you didn't offer him. <laughs> yeah, we, 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 uh, you know, you like to think that uh, we know what we're what we're talking about here in recruiting. We got all these guys figured out, five star all the way down. But um, a lot of times we end up missing a lot of really good players. And uh, and we were recruiting Barry Sanders out of Wichita. Uh, you know, we love to run the football here at Nebraska, particularly back in those days in the '80s. We were running the ball like crazy. We were always leading the nation in rushing. And um, we we had a, a a smaller player. Barry Sanders was first of all was about five foot six, about 165 pounds in high school, and quick quick little guy. But uh, we just felt like you know in the rugged at that time it was a rugged Big Eight conference. We 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 needed a, a bigger back, and we already had a smaller back. In fact, he was the son of a Heisman Trophy winner named Johnny Rogers. His name was Terry Rogers. And so we had Terry here, and we felt like, yeah, we need a bigger back. So we we turned him down. His high school coach, <laughs> he still he still reminds me of it when I see him from time to time. <laughs> he was just begging us to take him, but we turned down Barry Sanders. And you know, we we went down there and played here, uh, Oklahoma State in 1987. And Barry Sanders was a freshman, uh, excuse me, a sophomore that year, and had not it is not it was not a starter. He was behind a, a great player named Thurman Thomas, if you remember Thurman Thomas. Yeah, that's and right. That's right. We went down there and played, and Barry Sanders never complained. He was just returning kickoffs. In fact, he was leading the nation in returning kicks. 
But we held at the three quarters, we were up 35 to nothing against Oklahoma State. And uh, they took um, Thurman Thomas out. He had got gained 12 yards and like 13 carries. Nothing was happening. And they put this kid in, Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders against our number one defense ran for 80 yards in the fourth quarter. And we were shaking our head. The next year, as a junior, Barry Sanders, that was his first year as a starter. Barry Sanders, that next year, came up uh, to Lincoln, and he ran for uh, about 189 yards. That was the only game all year that he went under 200 yards. Every other game, he was 200-plus. Won the Heisman Trophy that year as a junior and was off to the NFL. So he never complained. He sat the bench for two years. He was he was the second string back for two years behind Thurman Thomas. He got one year as a starter and quietly rushed for 2,000, whatever it was, yards and uh, was the Heisman Trophy winner and went on to the NFL for a great career. That That's a great example to me of of just um, uh, understanding that you, you better you better not judge the book by its cover because Barry Sanders in a matter of two years gained 40 pounds of muscle and was a whole different guy. And it's just a great reminder to our players that, uh, you know what, God wants to do some great things with you. Who knows? I mean, not many people are going to be Barry Sanders, but what God does want is the maximization of your talent. And the only way you can do it is through a devoted relationship with Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Well, Coach, you know, I always pray uh, at the end, um, and I would love for you to pray for us um, today on, uh, you know, having you on. I would like for you to pray if you don't mind. You betcha. You betcha, Coach. Let's, let's go to the, to, the, to the Lord in prayer. Father God, I just thank you for this time with Coach Guest. Um, love this man. Love what he stands for, Lord. Thank you that, that you have poured into his life. And he's not justified and, and verified by the state championships that he's won, although he's, he's, he's certainly a great coach. And, 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 Lord, you know that you've given him lots of talent, great opportunities. But it's his, 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 his fervence for you. And, may Father, may you continually to just pour into him. Lord, I, I think he could say like I can say that we, as it says in Colossians 1.13, that we've been rescued from the domain of darkness and transferred into the kingdom of light. Father God, I mean, the, oh, there's only one way to say thank you, Lord, and that is just to pour our cut back, the gifts that you've given us, and pour it right back to you, Lord. With great enthusiasm, great courage, and and uh, and and being able to share with our players and, and their families the reality of who Jesus Christ is in our life, unashamedly, Lord. Thank you for Coach Guest, Lord. Thank you for his boldness. Um, Father, I just pray that we would live as, a, as an overflow. Our bloodstream would overflow the reality of Jesus Christ. Lord, there are a lot of coaches perhaps that are listening right now who have to address their teams about some of these issues, Lord, like partiality, um, like a worldview, um, um, unfair treatment, a lack of justice, brutality, um, stealing, looting, all kinds of things. Lord, they're looking to us as coaches for answers. 
But Father, we just, first of all, have to humble ourselves and find our answers from you, that we would humble ourselves before you at the foot of the cross, open your word, learn it, Lord, um, and overflow it through our thoughts, our words, and our deeds, Lord, and into the culture, the love laboratories that you've given us, Lord, on, a, on, a, on something called the sports team, Lord. And I just pray that we would be very, very faithful with that. So thanks for today, Lord. Um, thanks for the, uh, the privilege of being able to uh, know you intimately and intentionally make you known. And uh, may this podcast go out and uh, just touch lives in a very powerful, precious way. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank you. It is.